here with us. We want to welcome you and thank you for being here this morning. If uh, if you uh, would just kind of let us know who you are, we, the ushers are going to come and just bring you a, a, a gift from HBF right now. Uh, if you brought someone, you might just raise your hand and let let us know who you are. We'd love to have you uh, uh, get you some information. Thank you for coming this morning. And so, if maybe you didn't have the courage to say, "Hey, I'm a guest," I understand that at the connections counter. Uh, we will get you a gift on the way out. We appreciate you coming. Uh, also, if you could, inside of that bag is a white guest card. Uh, and so if you could just fill that out here at the end of the service, we're going to have a time of offering. And we'd love it if you drop that in there. And uh, that'd be a great gift to give back to us. And so, or give, yeah, give back to us so we can uh, have an opportunity to reach out to you and, uh, and get to know you a little better. Uh, and so... Uh, we're thankful for all that God has done this week, and I'm looking forward uh, this morning to the final message. Uh, uh, Alan gave us a great message um, on uh, on a Thursday night, and he's he's promised that he's going to wrap that up today, put the put the little cherry on top. So he did, it was an awesome message. So thank you so much for that. We're looking forward to hearing Brother Alan Johnson preach. Make sure we pray for him, um, not just now as he's preaching, but in his ministry. These Bibles. Once we get them all trimmed, we'll have more than this. We'll have about double this. And uh, pray for him as he stewards those and God uses him to get those where they need to go on time. And uh, we've talked a lot about that this week. And we're so thankful to have a part, right, in carrying the word of God. When you look at that story in Second Chronicles, um, the word was discovered, the word was carried, and then it was really executed, right? Someone, Josiah, stood up and said, we're, we're going we're gonna to change some things around here based on the word of God. It's just we heard last night, right? We... The Bible assembles us and puts us together. So we're so excited uh, to be able to sit under the Word of God, right? As we put the the, the written Word of God together, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ has quickened us, and he's going to put our hearts together through the Word of God. And so um, here after uh, Sherry sings, we're going to go ahead and and welcome. I mean, give him, not right now because he's not coming up, but when he comes up, make sure to give him a good HBF welcome. And uh, it's good to have you here this morning. Like I mentioned Thursday night, we have a love letter. Uh, from the Creator God of the universe, and uh, it's been a privilege to uh, work alongside you this week, and we're excited uh, about uh, receiving these here in a little bit, and then start getting them out, um, and so thank you so much, uh, Heartland Baptist Fellowship and Word First Bible Publishing and all of those that have come alongside and helped with that. I'll ask you to, to- uh, turn to Second Chronicles thirty four fifteen, and uh, uh, we'll read that. Uh, I ask you to uh, stand just as we read that one, our text verse really for the co-conference and uh, our theme verse for the message that we began Thursday and we'll uh, wrap up today on the book, Second Chronicles chapter number 34, verse 15. We'll read the, the whole verse there and then I'll pray and let you be seated <clears throat> and then we'll do a little little review for the sake of those that perhaps were not here Thursday. And then get into the end of the message. The Bible says here, And Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. So the the main part there, I have found the book of the law. And then tonight, or this morning, we're going to focus on that last phrase, in the house of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us first. And for sending us a book that we might know about your love and how it was demonstrated on the cross of Calvary. And that we can have forgiveness of sins and eternal life through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ for his death, burial, and resurrection. 
And then, Lord, you also uh, gave us a manual for life, uh, not just how to get to heaven, but to how to live on earth. And I thank you for uh, the privilege of, of being a giver, not just a receiver. And uh, most of us here have, have found the book, and we've, we've received the book, and now many are involved in, in getting it to others that they, too, might find the book and might know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and, and grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that you would uh, uh, please use me today, help me to be a blessing and uh, an encouragement uh, this morning. I pray that you'd meet every need. I pray that if perhaps somebody is here that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, that today would be the day of their glorious salvation. We'll give you the praise and glory for it. And then, Lord, we ask that you would... Um, uh, just to use this whole week as uh, as a rekindling, we've heard other message about uh, allowing the Word of God to have its will and way in our lives and to assemble us, Lord. And, and so may we not be just uh, assemblers of the Word, but again, may it uh, may we allow it to uh, work in our hearts and lives and uh, challenge us and change us for Your cause and for Your glory. And bless the Word as it goes forth, uh, dear God. I know some places that the, these Bibles will end up and. And uh, you, you know even better the ultimate destination. We pray that it would find, uh, Lord, its way into receptive hands, minds, and even hearts, that souls would be saved as a result and that believers would grow and become themselves, Lord, disciples and disciples, uh, reaching others with the glorious gospel and with the truths that we uh, have in your precious word. So bless, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Uh, so Thursday night, we focused on the first two parts there of the verse uh, on the book, I Have Found. We talked about the seeker. We talked a little bit about the starvation around the world. Uh, there are millions still enchained to sin, bound for hell without the gospel of Jesus Christ. They, uh, there are millions, literally uh, billions, that have no missionary to preach the gospel to them, and uh, nor do they have... Uh, they don't have a whole Bible. They, some of them don't even have John 3.16. They don't even have a John in Romans or even a gospel tract. And so we talked a little bit about the starvation around the world. Then we talked about the supplication, uh, Job's desire to have a book. Well, we have the book. Amen? We have the book. And um, and then we talked about Paul's also desire uh, for the parchments there. And, and I thank God that we uh, get to handle uh, the Word of God and then send it forth. And we talked about the satisfaction found uh, in the Word of God. Uh, I hope that uh, you are satisfied in Christ and uh, in His Word. And it is perfect. We talked about the Scripture. Uh, it says, I have found the book of the law. Of course, they're specifically uh, part of the Old Testament. Uh, but we have the whole uh, canon of Scripture, the 66 books writ written by about 40 men. But we talked about the source, the author, is one, uh, three or, or three and one, right? The Creator, the Christ, and the Comforter. And uh, what a blessing uh, that we have the very words of God. Not just a religious book, but the Word of God. And we talked about their sufficiency. Uh, the reason why it's important to have pure words is because, uh, well, God's words are pure words, and they are perfect, and they are preserved, and we have that promise. And uh, and what a blessing. And then we talked about the power of the Word of God. Do you believe the Word of God is powerful today? Uh, it is still changing lives. It is still making a difference. I, I enjoyed that. I had er heard that illustration before, but the uh, preacher last night talked about, you know, the, the young man throwing the, the starfish uh, in the ocean. And sometimes we think, 
you know, well, what are, what are 5,000 Bibles, you know, uh, in this world in which we live, eight, eight billion people and the millions of them Spanish speakers. Uh, but, uh, but the 5,000 can make a difference in at least 5,000 lives. It can do more than that, really. Uh, in some places, a John and Romans gets read by seven different people. And, um, and of course, a Bible can, can affect and influence not just an individual, but a home and, uh, and, and really a whole nation. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, uh, at the end of the message. But, uh, this morning, I, I want us to move to the third, uh, to the third focus. It says, I have found, that was the secret, the book of the law of the scripture. And then it says, in the house of the Lord. And I want to talk about the supplier, uh, this morning, uh, the supplier. And, and well, you, you are the supplier. I believe that the, that God promised to preserve his word, but he gave that responsibility to the, the children of Israel, the Jews, and uh, the Masorites were, were very, uh, they were very careful in their copies and, uh, you know, we had a, a checking room here. I mean, they would check, they would read, they, they would read it backwards, they would count the letters, and and uh, they were very, very careful, of course. Uh, they didn't have copy machines, right? They didn't have digital files, and uh, so they would ha- make handwritten copies. And then I believe that once the New Testament, or once the, yes, once the New Testament was finished, I believe that that responsibility was transferred to the New Testament church uh, to preserve uh, and some other things here that we're going to see. So let's look at some priorities that the supplier, the church, the house of the Lord has in, in this respect to so the, the book, the Word of God. I believe that one of them is to preserve. Again, God promised to do so, but um, I think some of, some has already been mentioned. Uh, uh, you know, the, I see the book out there, The Trail of Blood, and uh, our Baptist history is a trail of blood, but so is the history of the Bible. It is a trail of blood. Uh, uh, I think of the uh, Montanans. They were basically Baptists. They didn't go by that name back then, but they were in, in, the, in, in the European mountains, and sometimes the uh, Catholic soldiers would come, sometimes kill them, and sometimes they would, they would destroy uh, the Scriptures. And they would make hand, uh, handwritten copies. Again, they still didn't have the printing press, and they would hide hide uh, scriptures in in caves on the mountains. And, and many gave their lives, many shed their blood so that we today could have the precious, uh, preserved, powerful Word of God. And so it's the, it's the church's responsibility, by the way. It's not the Bible societies. It's not the modernist or, or in secular uh, publishing houses' responsibility. It's the church's responsibility. And you're doing a part of that. As you assemble and make copies and send them forth, you're helping preserve the Word of God. Titus 1.9 says, uh, Holding fast the faithful Word as He hath been taught, that He may be able by sound doctrine. We talked a little bit about that on Thursday, but uh, I, I know you, you, you believe in doctrine, right? Not just getting people saved, but then discipling, teaching them uh, the Word of God. And that's one reason why we need to preserve uh, the Word of God so that, that future generations can hold fast the faithful Word as they have been taught, that they may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. You know, there's always going to be gainsayers. And, uh, but uh, our responsibility is to preach the Word, to sow the seed, and uh, and to teach the Word of God. And so... The priority, one of the priorities of the supplier, the church, if you will, is to preserve the Word of God. And then second, it's to produce. And Psalm 68, 11 says, The Lord gave the Word. Great was the company 
of those that published it. And you know what? All of you that had your hands in, in some way, shape, or form, you know, whether it was collating, rolling, uh, checking, uh, binding, trimming, boxing, whatever the case may be, uh, great is that company. Amen? You're amongst the company of those that published the Word of God. And praise God for that. Uh, I'm thankful for the printing ministries, that uh, the local church printing ministries producing the Word of God. Uh, like you, our, our church, we, we don't... We, well, you, you print some covers and so on, but we don't print the scriptures ourselves, uh, but, uh, but we, we, we actually support, I think, two or three, uh, printing ministries outside of, uh, Wings Bearing Precious Seed, uh, which of course our church, is, uh, heavily supports there, but we're on the distribution end of things. Uh, but, uh, we, but our, my pastor believes, you know, we don't need a, a printing press because there's other places that have that, but we believe that it's the church's responsibility to produce the word of God. And so we, we invest and, uh, and, uh, and you're doing that, uh, cause these Bibles, you know, you, you're raising the funds to, they've already been printed, but you're raising the funds to have had them printed, right? And, uh, and so you're publishing, producing, uh, the word of God. What a, what a blessing that is. And I'm thankful, uh, for Harlem Baptist Fellowship, uh, recognizing and, and however many years ago, I think 13 years ago, right? And getting involved. Maybe you're already involved in some capacity before them, but, but getting involved in, in the production. And then, uh, where our ministry comes in is the, the third priority that the supplier has. And, uh, not just our ministry. I used to tell people when I would go to churches and present our ministry, uh, it's not what I'm doing, but uh, w- when I would do that, at the end of my presentation, I would say something like this. Please help us get the word of God to a lost and dying world. And then, you know, Pastor Brian, I realized it's not the responsibility of wings bearing precious seed to do so, but of every true New Testament church. And so now when I'm in churches, I say, will you allow us to help you get the word of God to a lost and dying world? And of course, uh, you're already doing so. Uh, we've partnered together over the last three years. Uh, you've supplied, uh, I think, around 3,000 Bibles already. Uh, for our ministry. And so what a blessing to propagate. In Colossians 4.16 it says, And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. Now, I don't know about you, but I love the book of Colossians. I mean, there's some... Well, every book is great, right? It's the Word of God. But but there are some, some deep truths in that book. And uh, my point here is that if the church in Colossae had not been faithful to propagate, right? Because it wasn't just for them. Amen? Uh, it was written to them, but it, it's for us. <laughs> Amen? But if they had not produced and propagated uh, it, if, if they hadn't been faithful to send it on to the church in Laodicea, uh, and from there, you know, it, it kept going, and now we have it in our hands today. Why? Because the those churches and, and, and then down through the centuries... Uh, churches were faithful to continue propagating the Word of God. And I'm glad for that. Uh, I'm glad that I have it now in my hands. Jeremiah 31.10, a few years ago, our theme uh, for our ministry was uh, uh, Bibles for the Isles. And uh, we were focusing on island nations. The Bible says, Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles afar off. And so... Uh, what a blessing there. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations. And uh, we're one of the nations. We've been blessed. We've received the word of God. Uh, um, 
Um, okay, great. They're putting script. I thought they were moving through my slides. Um, but uh, we, we, uh, we, have, uh, we have the blessing of receiving the Word of God, and then we have the responsibility to sending it forth. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm encouraging you in that because you, are, you have been about the priorities of the supplier, of the church, uh, to preserve, to produce, and to propagate uh, the Word of God. And then I want us to notice some, uh, some purposes I believe there, we have some purposes as a, as a church, as the supplier of the Word of God. Go with me to Romans chapter 16, if you would, please. Romans chapter 16, and um, we, will, uh, we will finish there. Romans chapter 16. Uh, Bob Adams, who went to be with the Lord in 2012, he was the founder of our ministry, Great man of God. He loved, I'm telling, he loved the book. He loved the blood. And he loved souls of men and women, boys and girls. And, um, but one of the verses that I probably heard him quote the most was this verse, Romans 16, 26. I lost track of how many times I heard him in those few years that I was able to, uh, be with him before he got Alzheimer's and, and then ended up passing away. But Romans 16, look at it there in verse 26. But now is made manifest and by, what's it say? The Scriptures, right? By the Scriptures of the prophets according to the what? Commandment. Not suggestion, not recommendation, but commandment of the everlasting God. And then it says, made known to all nations. All right? And so... I believe that one of the purposes of the supplier of the church is to saturate the scriptures, the saturation of scriptures. It says made known to all nations. And uh, someone was asking me, or uh, I think it was last night, uh, some things about the ministry. And if I was going to share them, it wasn't really my, my intent. But uh, by God's grace, for example, our, our ministry, we've been able to ship like these are Spanish Bibles. And I'll just share this with you. I, 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 I looked at my spreadsheet and wrote these down. Uh, these are nations that received the Bibles that, um, some of the Bibles that you all produced over the last three years since I was, was here last and you all started printing these, or producing these, uh, binding these Bibles. Aruba, Costa Rica, Colombia, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, Peru, Paraguay, and Venezuela. And I mentioned to, to you that 2,000 of those Bibles ended up in, in Venezuela. And, uh, and, and by the way, these, these 5,000, uh, they'll probably go to all of those countries and, uh, and then others as the Lord opens. Right now we, we have some, uh, well, we're taking a trip to Peru next year and so we'll be shipping Bibles and, and, and customized John and Romans ahead of time. Uh, so Peru will be receiving some of them. And, uh, and then we have a new request, a new contact in Colombia, uh, that specifically, uh, they're changing over, uh, Bibles. And uh, so they need Bibles. And so some of these will, will go to Columbia. We're excited about, about that. And I don't have time to go into all, all the open doors. But uh, those are just some places that, uh, that the, the Spanish Bibles that you all, that you all have handled, uh, that's where they have ended up. And in our, our ministry as a whole, we've actually shipped 89 different languages to 174 countries. And uh, why? Because God's will is that it would go to all the nations. And uh, we have our, our prayer map. I hope you picked one up. But 
the main purpose for the prayer map is not just to pray for our ministry, but Jesus said, it's another message, but Jesus said, pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest. And man, if the, if the harvest was great in the days of Jesus, how much greater is it today? 8.3 billion people on planet earth. And, uh, and by the way, it's not just great in, in size, it's great in significance. What greater task is there than to be involved in the harvest fields of the loving Lord of the harvest? And, uh, but to pray is a command. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's the only specific prayer request, by the way, that Jesus gave us. Think about that. And, uh, and yet many Christians, they do not pray consistently. The loving Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth labors into his harvest. And so I encourage you, if you don't have our prayer map, pick it up uh, to, because it's got the nations of the world there. 220 some nations. If you pray for eight a day, you'll pray through the world. And uh, but really, that's just scratching the surface. You know, when, when I if, if, if by God's grace, we we get to all 220 some countries, uh, I'm not going to say, OK, task is done. I'm going to retire. No, because. Again, that's just scratching the surface. Nations, you know, you can talk about people groups. I mean, there's thousands of unreached people groups still. And uh, and so we we want to come alongside, right, uh, the the body of Christ and and the supplier, the church, the church, the house of the Lord, and uh, and get the scriptures and saturate the scriptures around the road, sowing the seed um, of the word of God. And, and again, it says they're made known to all nations. But the verse doesn't end there. Notice what it says. For the obedience of faith. And so I believe one of the purposes of the supply, the way uh, all of this really is within missions. Some, some, some churches, they treat missions like a program. It's like another program of the church. I, I don't believe missions is a program of the church. I believe it's the purpose of the church. <laughs> right? And, um, and so, so these are some of our purposes, the saturation of scriptures. And, and by the way, early missionaries understood that. Um, men like Adoniram Judson, who went to Myanmar, they didn't have a Bible. Man, he spent years, um, working and, and gave them a faithful translation, still used today. And, uh, a lot of, I'm afraid a lot of pastors would have dropped his support. I think he went seven years without a convert. You know, most people say, man, he's a failure. But uh, but there are st- now there are still churches and believers that can trace their heritage to the Bible and the 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 first converts that he did have and the churches that were established after that. But he understood the importance of the Word of God. William Carey, thirty some languages in India that he translated. Why? Because he knew the importance. One day William Carey is going to drop dead and die, and he did. But he left them the Word of God, and. Um, and so the saturation of scriptures is part of our mission, part of our purpose. And uh, what a blessing to be able to be involved. And then, of course, we see the salvation of sinners, the obedience, you know, obedience for the obedience of faith. That's that's what it's for. And uh, we, we want to see people saved. And uh, of course, we want to see them grow as well. But uh we want to see some, uh, people saved around the world. That's that's one of the purposes given there in Romans 16, uh, that the word of God will go forth to all nations. Why? For the obedience of faith, so that people will remember faith. We you know it. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And uh, and so uh, we want to see people saved, right? 
And, uh, and so that's one reason why we want, we need this, the saturation of the scriptures for the obedience of faith, for salvation of sinners. Now, I want, I, I thought I, I might, uh, might be encouraging if I, I showed you a couple pictures and told you a couple stories. So, some of our pictures, um, uh, there's stories behind them. And of course, we can't always, uh, tell the stories. But I want to share three stories with you, um, that will tie into the saturation of scriptures and salvation of sinners. And then we'll preach the last point. If we can look at the first picture here, this is, uh, Parvina and my wife. Parvina's on the left, my wife's on the right. And, um, uh, uh, in 2012, uh, we went to London uh, for the Olympic outreach. Uh, we, I still have a copy of the John and Romans that we shipped. And uh, so it's English. It's the Eng- uh, an English John and Romans. But in the back of it, um, it had a gospel presentation in 10 different languages. Uh, right now, our, our, I call them gospel booklets that we've been using for World Cup and, not, and Olympics now have 20 languages. But this one... I had 10, and so it's got there on the front, Chinese, uh, Dutch, French, German, Italian, Portuguese, Russian, and Spanish. Well, we, uh, so I, we took the team to, to London. We were working with a missionary, and uh, the Saturday that we arrived, we, we, I think we flew in on Friday, and then on Saturday we were going to do distribution uh, around his church. Uh, it wasn't so much the Olympic outreach. It was to try to help his church. It was a new church. He met in a school building. And, uh, and so we had done some, uh, some Olympic themed tracks, but, but it had his church information and, and we canvassed, uh, his, his area there. Well, Saturday morning in, we, we actually had our meetings in the hotel, uh, because again, he, he didn't have a church building, but so Saturday morning we're in the hotel, uh, we're in a little breakfast area there and we just had our meeting in there. And, uh, my brother, brother Williams, the missionary arrived and some folks from his church and, uh, my wife noticed, while well, I, I gave the first devotion, and I usually call in some other men throughout the week to give devotions. But anyways, she, my wife noticed that there was a lady sit, seated, and she was like, she was like tuned in to everything that was being said. And she thought, well, maybe she's one of the church members. And uh, so she went up to uh, Sister Holly, the missionary's wife, and asked, and she said, no, I don't know who she is. And so, so they, they approached her, and... Um, I think they gave her a, a track. I didn't know any of this, by the way, uh, until later. But uh, they gave her a gospel track and, and had a very short conversation, uh, invited her uh, to come to the services on Sunday. And, uh, and she said something to this effect, well, I'm, I'm already, I have a meeting with the, the, the Jehovah Witnesses. Uh, now, we're real Jehovah Witnesses. I call them false Jehovah Witnesses, but you know what I'm talking about. And uh, so, so she had a meeting. Uh, she was already, you know, uh, had a commitment on Sunday. And so, anyways, I didn't know any of that had taken place. And then we dismissed from our, from the meeting and we're out in, in the parking lot. We're, we're getting ready, getting, getting our backpacks full. We're going to walk down to the, to the, um, to the metro system and, and go from there. And, uh, um, so in the meantime, I, uh, I had to go to the front desk for something. I have, I don't remember what it was for, but Parvina, is there at the front desk. And and I was oblivious to any of this other stuff at that point, but uh, I walk up to the front desk and nobody's behind the front desk. And uh, and uh, instead of getting impatient and frustrated, I, well, maybe maybe I'm supposed to talk to this lady, right? And so I, we, we just chatted a little bit. Well, I found out that she was from Turkmenistan and that her home, home or her, uh, her heart language was Russian. 
And I didn't have one of these on me yet because that day we were folk, we were really doing the tracks. And uh, and so I said, well, hang on just a second. And I went and I found one of these and and I brought it and I said, this 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 has some information in Russian. Man, her her eyes just lit up. Uh, I mean, she she could speak uh, English, but uh, but when she found out there was something in Russian available, she just big smile and she received it. And that was basically the extent of of my uh, you know encounter with her. The lady came to the front desk at that point and uh, helped us, and and we went on our separate ways. Sunday, um, we were back down for breakfast before going to church, and uh, and Parvina came up to my wife. And uh, and she said, you know, I noticed something different in your group yesterday at breakfast. I want to go with you all. She probably didn't say y'all. All right, someone, <laughs> someone said I might be able to say y'all. Anyways, she didn't say y'all, but she said, I want to go with y'all to church. And uh, and uh, so she came. And uh, I, I had the uh, privilege of, of preaching the gospel. And uh, there weren't that many visitors. Um but uh, but she was one of them, and and after the service, she raised her hand, and then my wife got to take her aside and and deal with her, and uh, and we found out she found out the kind of the, the rest of the story. She's from Turkmenistan. Uh, she had a Muslim boyfriend. She got pregnant. He wanted her to get an abortion and beat her when she didn't, and she was literally in that hotel, put in that hotel by I guess what we would call protective services. The guy was in jail. And she was there very temporarily, um, but God was in control. In other words, it was a divine appointment. Uh, and uh, but uh, but some of it stems from the fact that we had the Word of God, and uh, and of course it was the you know the Word of God. I don't know if she if she read her, the, that Russian track first or not. Uh, and then she came and heard the Word of God preached, and then was dealt with there, and she she trusted Christ as her Savior, and. Uh, and uh, that, that's, that's a part of the saturation of scriptures and salvation of sinners. All right, let's go to the next uh, next slide. And, and um, this is Nikolai. He's in Romania. And uh, I, I've told some of you that most of our trips are to English, Spanish, and Portuguese-speaking uh, countries since I speak those languages. Uh, for years, my son's been saying, let's go to Italy, Dad. And, um, and I, I, I'd say, no, I don't speak Italian. So he put on this Italian accent, but daddy, Jesus loves the Italians, you know. <laughs> and I, I'm like, son, you just want to go for the pizza. He's a pizza lover. And, uh, he's like, no, dad. And so anyways, I, I tell him, I, I know Jesus loves the Italians. That's why we've shipped scriptures there, but I don't speak Italian. And so anyways, uh, uh, fast forward, um, I asked my pastor some years back if there was a place that he wanted to take a trip to. And uh, he says, without hesitation, he says, Romania. And Pastor Brian, I was like, mm. <laughs> I don't speak Romanian. I don't want to, I was, uh, didn't the preacher say, yeah, the preacher didn't want to go down that mile road, right, with houses only on one side. I didn't want to go to Romania because I don't speak Romanian, okay? And, uh, and but the Holy Spirit said, uh, not audibly, but he basically said, well, you ask other people to go on your Spanish-speaking trips. They don't speak Spanish. You know, you tell them they can smile and learn a few words, you know, and, and hand out the Word of God and be used. And so I said, you're right. <laughs> and uh, so I told my pastor, all right, let's do it. Our church actually supported two missionaries in Romania. So I, I thought, you know, I'm going to be like 
other people that I take with me. I'll, I'll just go, smile, learn a few words in, in, in Romanian. Pace. Pace is peace. And that's how they greet and, and do their farewells there in the church. Pace. That's all. I, I learned a few other words, but that's all I remember now. Anyways, we're in Romania. We're working with two missionaries. They had a, a village church, a church in the village, a town in a city. And most of our work was being done in the city of Onesh. We were passing out the John and Romans and flyers, inviting them to services. We had rented a hall because he met in this... I mean, our group of 12 would have pretty much filled up his, you know, the, the church building. And so we rented a hall. Well, on Monday, we went to Heret, little village. We passed out scriptures. We didn't even have invitations for the service. We did have a service there that night. And, uh, and, uh, the, 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 the church house was packed. And, uh, I was, uh, I, I, uh, I was on the outside, not because I was, you know, being kind and letting people sit down because it's hot in there. So I'm like, I'm going to stand out here. We'll get a little breeze. Anyways, I'm, I'm just, I just stood outside. My, my pastor preached through and the, the missionary interpreted. After the service, the missionary comes up to me and introduces me to Nikolai. Well, the only reason he did that was because he had found, Nikolai was a visitor, but he found out he lived in Seville, Spain. Um, he was a trucker. He'd lived in Spain for 10 years. He's Romanian. And he just happened to be back in this little village of Heret, you know, for a two-week period. Just happened, right? Happenstance, you know. Anyways, uh, I, it's another divine appointment. And uh, he had just got a Fidela um, Bible. It's, it's kind of hard to uh, see it there. It's behind some some notes, but um, I don't think I turned this on here. But uh, there he's got his brand-new uh, Fidela uh, Bible, a faithful translation of the Roman Romanian scriptures. And uh, so he had gotten that, and we talked a little bit. And then I, I, I went through the gospel and, uh, in Spanish, but I, I would open his Fidela Bible. I, I could find the references. I couldn't read it, but I could find, you know, the verses. And so I went through the gospel. I, I showed him the verses in Romanian. And then he, he prayed in Romanian. I don't know what he said, but God did. <laughs> Amen. And, um, and so he had told me during the conversation, he said, my wife, Mihaela, she was going to come, but something came up. And we know that Satan has, you know, distractions and so on. But uh, to, I'll, I'll tell you, this the whole point of the story is not super Christian here. I, I said, well, we're going to have a service on this. I did not think they would come. It's an hour away. All right. But I gave them information. And uh, and uh, but I went back to the hotel that night. Burden. I've had a burden for Spain for years. I, I finished my studies in Madrid. Anyways, I don't have time to get into all that. But I looked up Seville. I couldn't find a single um, a good church, and uh, man, my heart was burdened. But then, <clears throat> uh, doing some research, uh, uh, I asked my friend, Brother Google, and um, and uh, <laughs> he told me that there were two guys um, on deputation to go to Seville. They're two brothers, and they're about six months out uh, from getting there. And uh, <clears throat> so, basically, I crisscrossed their information. Um, I got Nikolai, their information, and I got them Nikolai's information. Well, Friday comes about, and we're there setting up. Uh, basically, it, there was only aisles on the on the on the walls, and it kind of went up, and then had a balcony. And I had the privilege of preaching that night, and one of the missionaries interpreted. The other missionary was up in the balcony, and he was he he had learned sign language, and he was uh, interpreting because there were some deaf folks that had come, and um, so. I told the missionary, I'm going to preach, I'm going to sit down, you do the invitation. And so I did that, and then, uh, you know, I hear Romanian, I don't know what's going on, so I kind of, I peeked, you know. And uh, and what I found is, or saw, the 
you know, they didn't have a big church, but their altar workers were dealing with people that had come forward. Brother Brother Boyle was dealing with uh, some deaf folks that were being dealt with up there. And then clear across here was Nikolai and Mihaela standing there. Well, if it was anybody else, I couldn't have done anything, right? But, well, they speak Spanish. So I went over. I said, why have you come? And Nikolai said, my wife would like to make the same decision that I made on Monday night. And, uh, well, I had just preached the gospel, so I didn't have to talk long. I just asked her a couple of questions. And I'll never forget, she kneeled right there against the, next to the wall. And again, I don't know what she prayed, but God does. And she called upon the Lord to save her in Romanian. And, uh, well, the rest of the story, um, I sent, I sent him some discipleship stuff. And, uh, but to be honest, w- within a couple of months, we kind of lost, you know, just kind of lost touch. Almost a year went by, Pastor Brian, and I get an email out of the blue from one of those missionary boys, uh, brothers, um, Fuentes, I think their name, they're actually, their dad was from Spain. Anyways, they said, Brother Johnson, I've been meaning to write for a while. I just want to let you know that Nikolai and Mihaela have been coming since the day we arrived and that they appreciate your ministry. And that's, I, I became a Baptocostal. And that's, hallelujah, praise Jesus. And uh, why? Because that's fruit that remains. Not because I, you know, I didn't even want to go. But God wanted us to go with the word of God. And uh, in that case, of course, it was the Romanian scriptures that I, I couldn't read. But uh, God had someone there uh, that, uh, could, that I could talk with in Spanish. Uh, ain't God good? Pardon me for any English teachers in here. But uh, uh, God is good, folks. And so the saturation of scriptures and, and the salvation of sinners. And if I can give one more story. Uh, next picture. Um, uh, this is an elderly man. Um, and uh, t- technically, he's in Guatemala. But the story is of a, a man in, in, um, in, uh, in, uh, in Mexico. But I love this picture because he represents many others that this has happened with on our, on our, on our trips. Right here is the John and Romans. Okay? In other words, he got the John and Romans and a flyer during the week, either in his home or on the streets. And uh, and so he came to the service because of receiving a portion of the Word of God and a flyer. Uh, by the way, the flyer promised the whole Bible. And uh, <clears throat> and so this man came to church and uh, he got he trusted Christ. So he came with the Scripture. He he got Jesus in his heart, and he got a whole Bible there that he received after the service. But the story, uh, uh, and, and it'll be a shorter story than the other ones. But but in Mexico. One time, same deal. This was in Guatemala. The picture is in Guatemala, but the story's from Mexico. Um, we had done a campaign, passed out thousands of scriptures. Visitors had come, uh, and uh, the church had prepared a meal. Uh, and so, this was the Sunday morning. Uh, Sunday morning, we'd already had the service. Uh, visitors had uh, come. Some had been saved. Some had gotten their Bibles, and we're having a fellowship meal. And uh, they're, they had their building. And then they had kind of like a like a covered hallway, if you will, tile, and they had the table set up there. And then there was a gate on uh, on the you know facing the sidewalk. We're we're eating our meal, <laughs> and this elderly man, he was eighty two years old, and he shows up at the gate with his John and Romans, and he told Pastor Vasquez, he said, "I've been looking for the church for two hours." Eighty two year old man. Had a John in Romans and a promise of a whole Bible. I don't know if that's why he came, but he came to that service. He looking for the church for two hours. He finally found it. Church was over. 
Uh, the meal was almost over, but God wasn't over. And Pastor Vasquez sat down with him, and he, he trusted Christ as his Savior, had a meal, and then he got his Bible. What a blessing. And, and th- those are just a few uh, illustrations uh, and stories to, to encourage you. Uh, and, and sometimes in, in our ministry, um, you know, we, we, we don't, obviously we don't have a story for every John and Romans that we ship out. You know, some scriptures we ship, we don't hear anything. But I believe in the power of the Word of God. And I believe that only eternity will reveal what God does and will do and will continue to do through the Bibles and, and the John and Romans that the Heartland Baptist Fellowship and the, and the sister churches and the folks that come and participate in the Bible conference. And you have a part in that. And, 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 uh, and, and you might not be able to be on the other end actually handing them out. But folks, it's, 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 we're all on the same team, right? And it takes teamwork, someone said, to make the dream work. And it's not my dream, it's the Lord's desire that all would come to salvation. That none would perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so the purpose of the supplier, the church, the body of Christ, each and every one of us, I believe, is to the saturation of scriptures. And, um, that's why I always, I always try to have uh, gospel tracks, you know, on me. I've got English tracks. I've got uh, Spanish tracks. And, um, and uh, anyways, uh, uh, so many other stories are coming to mind. But we need to, to, to move on. I want, I want us to look at, uh, I think our next slide has some words up here. Remember the story of Pasha? I'm not going to retell it. I'm just going to recap it for those of you that were here Thursday night. For those of you that weren't here, I told the story of Pasha when we were uh, talking about the Scripture. And... and uh, and so um, Pasha was the young man uh, in Russia that uh, his parents died as a young boy. And then he ended up living with a, a, a band of thieves. And when he was about 20, he killed a man and uh, that was traveling by horseback. And one of the things that he got was a New Testament, which he read, and he got saved, reading that New Testament. And then some of the others got saved. And, uh, and remember I told you that I didn't really have it uh, with me, but I, I found it. And so the, the, this is what he wrote in that New Testament. And uh, he said, forgive me for Christ's sake, beloved brother. I put you to death while I myself was dead in my sins. Now, let's, let's just pause there for a second. I put you to death while I myself was dead in my sins. And, and I, I didn't realize this until I looked it up last night. It goes with, with, with the message. That's the seeker, right? Remember, I have found there's, there's seekers. Well, he, he didn't know he was seeking for truth, right? I mean, he was, he was seeking for loot, right? He was th- seeking for personal gain. But, uh, but he, through the death of the, the traveler and his acquisition of the powerful word of God, right? He was a seeker, whether he realized it or not. He was one of those starving seekers, uh, that did not have the book. But praise God, he found the book. <laughs> Amen? He found the book. And, and I don't know, uh, uh, some of you have met and I trust most of you here today that you've been born again. But maybe just because you're in the Baptist church doesn't mean you're born again. Right. And so maybe you're if if anybody here is if you're here today and you have never been born again. I didn't ask if you're a church member. I didn't ask if you've been baptized. I didn't ask if your parents are Christians. Uh, someone was telling me their testimony and they said, well, I, you know, I, I thought I was, well, I'm an American Christian. Right. Aren't, aren't we all? Well, no, you need to be born again. So if you don't know if you've been born again, if you don't have a second birthday, I, I was born on 
on uh, April 12th. You can send me birthday presents. April 12th, 1972. But I was born again by the power of God on January 11th, 1977, when I recognized that I'm a sinner, that I deserve death and hell, but that Jesus paid it all. Not, not my parents, not my good works, not because I hadn't robbed a bank or killed anybody, not because I was a good boy. No, I was a sinner on my way to hell, but Jesus paid my sin debt in full with his precious blood, his death, his burial, his resurrection. I trusted him as my Savior, and I was born again. I found the book, if you will. I already had the book, but I found, I I appropriated the truth into my life, and I was born again. How about you today? Have you been born again? It would be a tragedy to be in a service with Bibles here and Bibles assembled this week, you know, to send to the mission field and to see people saved and growing in the Lord and to leave out these doors and not you yourself having been transformed by the power of the gospel. Jesus loves you. He died for you. And you can be saved. You can be. You can go from a seeker to a finder, right? Have you found the book? Not just the possession of it, but is it in your heart? Has the truth of the gospel penetrated into your heart. Then he goes on. He says, the Lord hath forgiven me and raised me to a new life. I hope he has you. And thy untimely bodily death was the means of leading not only me, but also many other, uh, other sinners and murderers to eternal life. Isn't that powerful? And then he says, thy new testament. Let's underscore there because that's the second part of the message. The scripture, right? Thy new testament. And so he, that, that's all he had, by the way. And uh, we're not, don't misunderstand me. I'm for church planners and missionaries. They, we got to preach the gospel, but uh, we have to saturate the scriptures. And so here we have the scripture, thy New Testament, soften my hard heart as a living stream, stilled my thirst, and notice that phrase, continues to flow further. And I want to be, that to be the testimony of my life, Pastor Brian. Not just, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I am blessed. Let me tell you, I'm blessed. I, 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 um, I am spoiled, right? In, in a sense of, man, I, I got to be born into a Christian home. And, uh, and I, and I live in, and I, I believe the greatest nation on the planet earth. Now, believe me, we need repentance and we, and we, and I, if we're not under judgment, it, I believe it's coming. Uh, that's a whole other message. But folks, we are blessed. And to whom much is given, much is required. And it's not just for us to, you know, get it all, right? And be hoarders. No. Yes, we're to grow in knowledge, but we need wisdom to apply that knowledge and to allow it to continue to flow further. Like I think someone might have said this week, I can't remember, but um, I, I'm on my way to heaven, but, but I want to take some with me, Right? And um, and so we see there the the supplier. Pasha went from a seeker. He found the book, right? He's got the scripture. And then now he's a supplier. Even in jail, he's a supplier. Apparently, like Paul's in jail, he's still writing scripture. Well, Pasha is in jail living scripture. Right? Being a witness and a testimony of what God had done and transformed his life. And other prisoners got saved and other jailers got saved through the years there. And he says, quickening and giving life to other souls also. And then he says, for this I praise thy and my God. Amen. 
And folks, that's the last point of the message and we'll be done. We, 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 as we've considered the supplier, the house of the Lord, the church, we have some priorities and you're about them. And thank you. I commend you preserving, producing and propagating the word of God. And then we saw some purposes, the saturation of scriptures. And you're certainly involved in that. Can I encourage you? Don't just be involved in it during the Bible conference. I'm, I'm, and I'm not, not even talking about coming out on Saturdays, though that's great. You know, when, when next opportunity to handle the word of God come out. But I'm talking about day to day. Right? Propagating. Sharing the gospel. Giving out, whether it's a gospel track or, or a John and Romans or a New Testament or one of your, your Bibles. I, I was talking to someone involved in, in, in jail ministry and setting the captive free through the power of the precious word of God and the saturation of scriptures. We can be involved in that. Uh, on a daily basis, not just, again, during the Bible conference. And then the salvation of sinners. There is somebody on your heart. Who are you praying for? Who did you pray for this morning or this past week? God, work on their heart. Uh, someone to be saved. And uh, we, we, uh, we, still, we need to shed tears. When's the last time we shed tears? And um, it says, uh, they, he that soweth um, and weepeth, right? Go forth bearing precious seeds shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. I want to come back with rejoicing. But you know what? I don't always. And one of the reasons is because I'm not shedding the tears. I'm not allowing the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ to work in me and through me. So the saturation of scriptures, the salvation of sinners. But can I finish with something that's even greater than that? I, I, I heard a lot. I've heard through the years a lot of people keep the main thing, the main thing. And uh, some of the people that are saying that they're talking about soul winning. And I'm for soul winning. But here's. Here's what I want to finish with, the glorification of God. Look at verse 27 if you're still in Romans 16. In Romans 16, right after it talks about the Scriptures going made known to all nations for the obedience of faith, but the next verse, by the way, it ends in a colon, not in a period. The next verse, verse 27, to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And, uh, and you know, Pasha got a hold of that apparently, Right? He got a hold of it. It's Yes, he wanted to reach others for Christ, but he understood there's something that goes even deeper than that. It's about God's glorification, for he is worthy. And maybe you've heard the story of the Moravians, and I'll finish with that illustration. But to, to, again, to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Sometimes I, I go through the whole alphabet uh, in, in, uh, as I, I'm traveling, um, and, and just not, not thanking God for what he's done. We should do that, but just praising God for who he is, ascribing him the glory due his name. And in Revelation, I won't have you turn there for the sake of time, but Revelation 4, 11, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive honor and glory and power for thou hast created all things, right? And for thy pleasure, we joke sometimes and say food, fun, and fellowship. Baptist distinctives. I'm, for, I'm all for food, fun, and fellowship. We've had some of that this week, but you know what? It's not about my pleasure. It's not about my fun. It is about him, though. It's about his pleasure, right? It's too many Christians treat, treat God like a genie, you know. Here are my three wishes. No, he's, God is way more than a genie. And he deserves our all. And uh, he is to be our all in all. And, uh, and, and, and uh, if I encourage you this afternoon sometime, go to that passage. In Revelation chapter 5, it builds up to a culmination, a climax there in verse 12 saying, with a loud voice, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power and, and riches and strength and, and glory and blessing. I think I messed it up a little bit there, but, but the Moravians were, well, 
there were two men in a church in Germany in the 1700s. Someone came by and told them of an island in the Caribbean where um, a man basically owned the whole island and had two to 3,000 slaves shipped there, and he welcomed no gospel preacher. And these two men were moved with compassion. You say, well, what do they do? Um, well, they prayed, but they didn't just pray. You know what they did? They sold their lives into slavery. Now you say, wow, that's love for souls. I won't disagree with you, but it goes deeper than that. Because, and we know that because as they were getting ready to depart in, on the ship, uh, Hamburg River out to the open seas, uh, with family and friends on the shoreline, one of them yelled, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his sufferings. And that came from Revelation chapter 5 in that passage there. And you see, these young men, they didn't know that they would see a church started. They weren't going as church planners. Again, don't misunderstand me. I love church planners. I pray for church planners on a daily basis. And our ministry is in great part about getting the scriptures to the church planners. But they weren't going as church planners. And they didn't know that anybody would be saved, but they obviously knew something. They knew that they had a Savior that is worthy, worthy to be known, worthy to be praised and glorified throughout eternity. And they were willing to give their lives to that end. And of course, yes, saturation of scriptures is a part of it. Salvation of sinners, yes. But I've seen some people, that that's their, if that's their only motivation, can I tell you something? You might get burnt out. You might get tired of people closing the door in your face. You might get tired of people saying no to the gospel track you offer them. But folks, if we can keep the glory of God as the bottom line, as our heartbeat, then it won't matter because we understand, yes, it's discouraging sometimes, but they're not rejecting us, they're rejecting Him, but we just need to keep on pressing on, keep praying, keep shedding those tears, keep saturating the Scriptures around the world. So for the salvation of sinners, yes, but above all, for the glorification of God. For He is worthy. Pastor Ryan, would you come? Father, please add your blessing to the preaching of your word. Thank you so much for this, this group of believers here involved, dear God, in publishing the word of God. And I pray, dear God, once again, uh, perhaps they're, they're going to have a, a prayer over these boxes, but please use them as they go forth. But Lord, right now, I pray that you would use your word in our hearts and in our lives. And Lord, may this Bible conference just reinvigorate us. May it give us a greater uh, love for you and for your word. May we love it. May we learn it. And may we live it so that others can be a part as well. And dear God, help us to be careful to give you the praise and the glory for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you will do. And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Brother. Amen. Yeah, you want to clap. That's a good message. <laughs> praise the Lord. And praise the Lord. As we consider and contemplate what we've heard, uh, I can't let this moment go without, you know, just asking, are, have you allowed the Word of God to accomplish its purpose in your life? Are you saved? You know, I've been praying this week. I've been really stirred up about there's folks, there's, there's folks perhaps this morning that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's always my